All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, we'll look back at a pit game formally, although I did thoroughly enjoy your instant reaction podcast. And if you are a listener or a watcher and you haven't had a chance to consume that, I think it was uh, insightful and uh, and had some had some good uh, perspective in it. So would point people to that. We'll always point people to Louisiana Hot Sauce, Tarpon Cellars Wine Company. Tarpon Cellars, fantastic wine as always just had an event last weekend where we brought some of that up and uh had some rave reviews from people who uh had tried the wine for the first time it is legitimately fantastic a cabernet that is really considered best in class and then a bunch of other different options um if you're a member of the battles Inn and around the battles Inn tailgate this weekend you may even see a, a bottle or two of that floating around as well so um let's jump into it bud great weekend a uh, lot to discuss from pit game, a lot to kind of begin to talk about from Miami. And, uh, hey, this is a podcast that features the 9-0 Florida State Seminoles, who are one of the more prominent and uh, discussed programs in the country. So let's celebrate it. Let's jump into it. Today should be fun. Speaking of fun, uh, I do want to mention one of our sponsors, Prize Picks. Dude, Prize don't Picks. mention it anymore. I don't, I'm, I am just waiting until I get a text message from a 404 area code saying, like, yeah, we'll just pay you out for the rest of the year, but you guys don't need to make picks anymore. Uh, this is this is going south. Um, so, Bud goes five for five again. It's it's not fair at this point. Um, if you if you want to follow along and play, great. If you don't, I don't blame you at all. Um, but we're we're playing with a ringer here. So, congratulations, sir. You are you're having quite the ride this year. Uh, past performance is no is, is no guarantee yes. of future yes. success. Past, past performance is not indicative of of future success or future returns. No, no guarantee. Uh, there may be some signal uh, to the past performance, though. It it was it was a good weekend again. Uh, ten for ten. Yeah, I see everybody having fun, playing responsibly uh, within their means. And uh, man, we we almost went six for six, but uh, Jamari Thrash didn't play, so mm. that was uh, that was a little disappointing. But again, if if you have a guy not play, it's cool. It doesn't mess up your whole card. They just yeah. do- knock it down from a six to a you, to a you know five yeah, five. So have quite the large return. Absolutely. Little ten x. I think that's three, two or three twenty fivers and three or four ten teners uh, this year. So safe to say we're having a good year on the prize picks on the null cast. I I don't know, man. I I, I do. This this is a benefit of watching live. Yeah. Right. Yeah. True. Oh, we also went two for two on on the card I threw out on the uh, on on the like live preview show. And uh, if you guys, if you guys are watching live and you hit these, I will say the old cast audience, they nuke these fast. Like there, <laughs> there's enough. It does move. Or it does. It does actually, it happens. Um, yeah. So um, maybe that's so, it. Maybe they don't cut us off. They just, maybe they're one of the, you know, 25,000 to 40,000 downloads. We do a show and people, you know, just adjust the lines immediately after there. But yeah, I, I think so. Uh, we we probably have a live prize picks listener. I, I would I would have to guess. <laughs> oh shoot! Um, so Pittsburgh experience. Tell me about it, man. It was uh, it was great. I think you know part of the reason that your uh, instant was so logical and thought out was because you had a podcast partner that was losing his mind for the first twenty minutes in the stands. There, I was worried. <laughs> uh, I have been pretty even keel this year. Obviously, with working with the battles in makes the games a little bit more of a uh, experience, and you think about it more 
I'd say the first half of the LSU game and the first half of the Pitt game are the only two times I've been like, oh, oh my God, what the hell am I watching? Um, just from like a, you know, there's so much crazy stuff that nobody can control. And um, yeah, so all right, first of all, I can't tell you how many Nolcast listeners I ran into up there. It was awesome. Um, ran into one guy in the security line when we were leaving who was literally listening to the Nolcast uh, as we stood next to each other in security and our conversation was only interrupted so I could be uh, groped by TSA. That's a, it's a real lovely process they have. Um, but uh, awesome weekend. I love Pitt uh, or Pittsburgh. It's a great, great city. Um, really ad- admirable job that they've done in, you know, transitioning from industry to tech and um, just a fun place, man. And I, I walked back, after the game, I met a couple people at this spot where a lot of close to the stadium where a lot of people were going to meet up. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I can sit around and drink for another three hours or something. So I just had a, a my own little solo walkabout through Pittsburgh at night. And it was a really pretty, lovely space that if Florida State is still engaging in uh, in conference play with Pitt, I would recommend to any of our listeners to try to make that a, an away trip sometime. It's It's a fun time. Absolutely. Did you get one of the sandwiches with the, uh, the 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 French fries on them? I didn't. I didn't. And, and if I had to do it again, I would. I wouldn't stay another day because I'm not staying Sunday after a game in Pittsburgh. That just doesn't sound fun. But maybe I would have gotten up there a day earlier, so that I could have done some of the more, you know, things that are uh, culinary association. Um, yeah, whether it be the Primontes or I had a bunch of great recommendations that people gave me. Uh, a space called DeLuca's that a listener suggested that I literally wrote down and was going to try to go Saturday morning and just couldn't get out of the hotel in time. Um, but it's a great spot. If you know, if in two years you see that on the, on the schedule and you're debating between that and another place uh, as your annual road trip, I would, I would make a suggestion to give Pitt a shot. Great time. Great Sounds time. like Pitt's a good weekend town. Like there, there's, there's some towns that I think are more like, do you want to spend a week or do you, do you want to spend a weekend, right? Yeah. Three days yeah. in Pitt would be great. I wish I had an extra day. San, San Antonio, Pittsburgh. Um, you know, occasionally like we'll do St. Augustine, but that's more of like a weekend town than a, than a week town, like as, as far as vacationing, right? For, for me. And, and like, because especially if you're already in Florida with the beaches and whatnot. So, yeah, man. Um, that's, that is awesome. We, I, I think that the common thing, that our text conversation slash our conversation that we had standing next to each other during the LSU game was there was still a thing that we had max confidence that the opponent could not do. And it just, if you could take care of other things, you would probably be okay. And the LSU game still had max confidence that LSU could not cover you based on the looks we were seeing early in the game. It's like, okay, you need Fuller's defense to settle down here, right? You need the offensive line to get their stuff together. And you need Jordan to hit some throws, you know, that that like that are open. But I think there was a lot of signal early in that ball game that they couldn't cover you. In this one, it was like Pitt can't consistently drop back and throw the football. It's all shot plays. And they're mm-hmm. not really moving you with the run game. It's like, how many points can Pitt really score? You know, and I think that was like, look, this is going to be ugly. When 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 they announced Keon wasn't going to play, it was like, 
This is going to be ugly. They're going to drag you into the muck. Look at the field. This is basically just quicksand. Like you just yeah. got to be mature enough not to give it to them because they're not going to be able to come take it from you. You know, and it, I thought they showed some maturity on the day. I I, I was kind of impressed with that. I think they but did. It was a little scary. Um, I think like probably the game that I would give the most effusive amount of praise to Jordan and Travis on all year. I mean, yes. look, um, so when I got up there on Friday night, I had a guy throw his arm around me and tell me that, uh, Ooh boy, we're banged up at wide receiver. And to me, I just thought, yeah. Um, you know, same situation as last week. No Hakeem, no Johnny, um, Destin Hill is probably a coin flip and, you know, maybe one other person. Dude, the, I mean, you had – it's not fair to say you had one scholarship receiver because Darian was out there, all the – you know, Kentron's out there, Kentron's banged up, Darian's trying to play through some stuff. Uh, the 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 little, like, something-from-nothing play that Destin Hill gets involved in, I think it's hyperbole to say that the guy that I saw in August takes that to the house, but he probably gets another 15 yards out of that. Um, Destin's gutting it through. Um I'm fortunate uh, with working with the battles in that I got to, I get to talk to these guys all the time. I, I did a interview that uh, has turned into some funny TikToks with Keon about his food choices. Uh, but I did that interview with almost every player uh, a month ago or so. And I'll tell you, there's guys that when you walk into, they walk into the room, you're like, Oh my God, dude, just, you know, work hard, do a little bit of studying, listen to your coach. Cause you're, you're an NFL guy. Like, look at you you Jakai Douglas is not, you know, from a, I mean, he's got a unique skill set. He's fast as hell, but like, that's a guy that's my size. Uh, That's a guy that, you know, like for that to be your number one wide receiver is credit to Jakai for working his rear end off for overcoming an injury that look, players see what's around him. Players see guys like Hakeem and and the fact that, uh, that Destin finally got cleared. And I mean, it would have been easy for Jakai to have suffered that injury when he did and just be like, I don't know ultimately if it's going to be here for me, you know, I might, maybe I go get a little bit of money and transfer somewhere. And, you know, I've got some nice highlights that I can point to. Nah, man, he worked his rear end off, came back and had a, you know, it was one of the two or three more influential players in a game. Um, so speaks a lot about culture, speaks a lot about broader buy-in. Um, and it speaks a lot about your quarterback having, you know, having the wherewithal to to suffer or navigate some some rough waters. I'll also say, and look, this is just one guy's perspective standing in the, in the or sitting in the stands, that there was a 10-minute stretch there where I'm really glad that Pitt didn't connect with another left hook or or you know right uppercut. Because yeah. I you could have been in problem you could have been in real trouble. Uh a couple of those punts, somebody almost got a finger too. The sack that Jordan takes where he scrambles to to the left and the guy comes mm-hmm. blindside, that ball comes loose, okay? Um, if it doesn't just pop underneath Jordan's armpit, maybe that game, you know, I don't think you lose, but um, the, the you know, the, the real connector, Pitt was never able to land one of their real big shots that they tried to throw. And the one that they landed, they ended up fun, fumbling on the six-inch yard line. So, um there was a period there where it felt a little dicey um, and I know it's redundant. I know it's boring when we do these positional previews and then particularly when we do win projections where we constantly say, 
Like, look, all this goes out the window the second you have concentrated injuries. But Saturday's why you say that. I mean, you were you were yeah. literally running one scholarship wide receiver and three guys who are working their ass off to go out and give you, you know, whatever kind of limited snaps they can. So uh, credit to everybody on that. And honestly, getting to watch it, uh, the offensive line was better than I thought they were. You know, they in past they, pro, I'm not, I'm not really. saying they were great, but they a couple of those runs. Um, you know, maybe you just got a different look from the defense than you thought. Maybe the defense was more aggressive, but like the fourth and two play, uh, from my novice perspective, they blocked that up pretty well. There's just another guy there that you can't account for. Um, so the offensive line, you know, we know the limitations. Are you a playoff team? Yeah, you probably are. Are there a couple teams that if you match up in against the playoffs, you're going to have a real hard time? And that's fine. Doesn't mean that you can't embrace this team. Doesn't mean that you can't love the run that they've gone on. It just means that, you know, if you face a Bama or Georgia or Michigan, uh, you're going to have a hard time with some of the basic, you know, optionality or, or, or just operating functions of what you're trying to do offensively. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I really think the offensive line deserves credit for not allowing a lot of like hustle pressures and technique pressures. Like Pitt does not have a whole lot of studs on the D-line this year, but they still play hard. They're still really well coached up front. They still run games pretty well. And honestly, like the O-line did a good job of keeping Jordan pretty clean. One of the pressures is definitely on a tight end. So like I, I, to, to defend the O-line here, yeah, in a run blocking, like they're not great. And run blocking. Although I will say Keandre had a damn nice block. When they put on. Keandre in there, it's a little bit different look. Yeah. 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 Keandre uh, is wants to move some people. On uh, Benson's run, Keandre and, and Byers. Byers gets a lot of, you know, Byers. Uh, Byers has had his, three, like three games yeah. in a row where he seems to, like, I'm not saying Byers is awesome. No. But like the number of emails we have gotten, nolcast.gmail.com about buyers has gone way down in the last three. And generally, if you're an O-lineman and you're not getting emailed about, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. The The play he makes to to get leverage on uh, on uh, Benson's long run is very impressive. And Keandre is just a just a space creator. A little bit limited in pass pro, but uh, my Lord, if he, gets your hand, if he gets his hands on you in run blocking, goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, I, I mean, this, this was kind of like – you know, it, you looked like a like a guess hitter in in in, in a way this game in, in baseball. Like, like some guys are are hitters who can really react to almost everything, and some guys are are the the guys who they're probably going to go one for four with a double or a homer and three strikeouts. But like they're they're just they go up to the plate. They just they're hunting one pitch right, and if they guess right, they get it. They put a good swing on it. That that's sort of you know what you were in this game. I think like you. You did find a way to hit some explosives, which is a hallmark of of Mike's offense. Uh, you know, the success rate was not amazing, but it wasn't quite as bad as it maybe it felt. There was some you know short yardage and critical situation stuff that the game is probably a little bit differently if you handle it differently. Now, granted, like Pitt also made mistakes and and helped you out, but you need a little help on the day. It, it, you know, like you're down a whole bunch of guys. The offensive line is clearly not healthy. Like the, some of these guys are are just better in terms if they're healthy than they look, right? Um, I mean, look, 
Cypress, it wasn't even his fault. We'll, we'll talk defense in a second, but like it wasn't Cypress's fault. Clearly, like you're you're playing a lot of young guys in critical situations and winning, right? I think that's something that uh, um, maybe they'll put that on a recruiting graphic, right? How, how about like true freshman snaps and wins? Um, you know, since, since we know <laughs> since we know certain staffs are really really fond of the uh, yeah. of the negative great recruiting with, 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 with yeah. the graphics, yeah, uh, winning and I mean, playing. Yes. This is going to be a nice young secondary moving forward, dude. They, mm -hmm. they, they internal confidence, I believe is pretty high that they have, uh, they've hit on some of these dudes. So that, that is, is really, really pretty encouraging. Um, I, I don't think Cyprus has been trending down. Do you, uh, some, some of the comments, I, I don't know. Like, I, yeah. Um, no, I thought, what was the game? Uh, I thought he played, I thought he's played pretty well recently. Uh, actually, no. Yeah, there were some moments he, he, on he missed. He missed the tackle against uh against Duke that allowed. He did him have a poor effort on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that was kind of it. Um, yeah. So, like, shouts to Jakai. Uh, Atkins basically said the exact same thing that I said in the other uh, the instant as far as why the what why the play to Marquiston works. You sugar huddle. You get it. And the real key there is you don't want them to see that eight on the jersey number, right? Like if you're watching on, on YouTube, you want to get down there and you want to get in your stance fast because mm. if Marquiston is is in that three-point stance, he's you're not seeing that There's a reason eight. his name's Biscuit, all right? Yeah. Uh, dude, you know, is hella athletic, but he's probably 290 pounds. He's about okay? a biscuit away from being an offensive tackle. Yeah, right. yeah. He looks – you can sneak him in there, and as long as – you know, they don't go, why the hell is Robert Scott lined up over here? Uh, then, you know, you can get away with it. And, uh, yeah, Biscuit's an athlete, man. I'll tell you, the, uh, I asked one of the questions that we asked all these guys was like, who who would you build a 3v3 basketball team around? And after about five answers, I had to be like, okay, you can't choose Keon. Like, obviously, yes, Keon played at Michigan State. He would be one of the, the three guys that's getting drafted. But, after asking about 15 or 20 guys that I had to be like, all right, you can't choose Mark Easton either because Mark Easton evidently is a hell of a basketball player and super athletic. Um, I think has a, has a wildly bright future in front of him. You know, maybe it's a tight end. Maybe it's, maybe it's playing along the offense line. I don't know, but guys, uh, guys, a special football player. Do you, I, I don't, there's probably a term for this and, and this is just me rambling on a, on a podcast on a Tuesday morning, but there's a term for like, you may not know why you see something, but there's sort of like an intuition or just uh, instincts to where your brain sees something before you realize what you're seeing, right? And, and like, for instance, you know, if I'm looking at the odd screen, I, I just, I don't even necessarily see, need to see the numbers. I just start to see like the certain colors, right? And it look it in some, some day, like if you're just, if you do something a lot, you sort of see into the matrix, right? And you just like okay, like this game's about to get smashed. You know, like 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 w watching Arkansas get bet against Florida this weekend was insane. It was like okay, mm -hmm. based mm -hmm. on which books are moving first, a couple million bucks are being put on Arkansas like this hour. This is yeah. kind of insane. Like our Arkansas, somebody knows something. No different than a than a, a volume reader if you're looking at a stock chart or something right. like that. Right. Um, so if you're a defensive player, it may not, like you may not be like oh hey, that's an eight. Your brain just might be like, "Hey, something looks weird here." That's why it's so important to to sugar huddle this and mm -hmm. get up, get up and go fast out of it, you know, because then it's just hard for the defense to communicate, it, you know. And if they do idea it correctly, 
they might be so preoccupied with it that you're able to throw the screen to their side or Jordan could scramble around. Like it, it mm-hmm. also is a bit of a chaos play. I, I thought it was a great time to break that out. It, it, yeah. it really was with, with how Pitt plays that coverage. But you got to get down in that stance early because you don't want their brains to see the number eight on his jersey. Like, like because mm-hmm. on the shoulder pads, Marquison looks about the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Even if they do see it, I mean, yeah, you, you can still, you know, do unbalanced things along the offensive line. So I, just biscuits oh, so sure. big. Just get him, get him up there, get him in a stance. Um, but yeah, so Te- Texas does a nice job of this too, by the way, especially with their young quarterback. They, they they hit Kansas State with it last year. They hit Kansas State with it this weekend too. It's just like unbalanced out of out of quick huddle stuff. It's just hard for these defenses to because you, you somebody's got to notice it and they got to they got to talk to the other side too, or you got to blow a timeout. It it it's a nice little thing to uh, to do defensively. Um, Dun, 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 dun. We're gonna have some uh, some interesting uh, grades here. Braden Fisk, uh, not not quite a single digit forced, but uh, less than a fifteen on the old pass blocking grade for the pit center. Nice job, Braden Fisk. Nice That's job, Braden Fisk. That is uh that is. He, Fisk is an issue for from just about anybody, and uh, he, uh, yeah, versus claiming half of that sack is very funny. I agree. Um, happy for him, man. That dude has a level, has a motor at practice, the likes of which you don't see, uh, even on a team that practices hard and and in a position group that I can assure you, Odell, you're not walking through a practice with Odell. Um, Fisk still stands out. He's the guy, absolute professional thrilled to see him have some of the moments that he's really been on the verge of having all year. No. Oh. Um let's see here. Other guys that I feel like I on on the rewatch popped more. Fisk for sure like like on on the initial but I mean I thought you got pretty good physicality from the linebackers on the day. You know like they they understood they were playing downhill and uh, you know, Pitt is one for their last 21 on third down. Mm, I did not know that. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. I, I do think that Adam Fuller and his crew deserve credit for, you know, basically saying, hey, you guys don't have a drop back game. It is going to be hard for you to move the football on us. And you needed that. We, we can sit here and we can say, and this is a factual statement and it is correct and it is important context to remember both during the season and for the discussion of what this defense is and is not in the offseason when it comes to AC title game and, and if they make it, playoff time. We can sit here and say, hey, they have played a lot of backup or hurt quarterbacks in a row. I think the number's five now, right? I mean, it, it's what? Uh, going back here. So... I don't know if it's quite as bad as last year was, right? But you know, Vatek, you got the backup. Cuse, obviously Schrader was hurt. Duke, you got a hurt starter and then the backup. Wake, you got a hurt starter. And then Pitt, you got the backup. So, yeah, we are on a five-week run here of facing relatively incompetent quarterback play. And it is important to remember that. Like, is Florida State's defense materially better than it was after September? I don't really think so, but there are situations in which you need Fuller's defense to go out there 
and really shut down an offense uh, that is a bad offense. And they did. And they've yeah. done so for like five weeks now, basically. Now, the Duke thing's weird, really weird, weird field position. But you did hold them a couple times. Like, that's the defense's job. Mm-hmm. If you're going to maximize possessions, you do need the defense to hold up and bow up in the red zone. And you're probably going to get another one this weekend. Yeah, probably will. Even if you get the starter. Um, I look forward to when Florida State's playing defense this week. I do. Um, I do, too. I think maybe I think not as much on the other side of the ball, but we'll see. I think Florida State will be fine. But we've got another whole other show to get into that. We do, and I'm I'm curious to see. Uh, Cristobal has uh, has said some things in press conferences this year that have turned out to uh, not happen come game day in terms mm-hmm. of who's available and who's not. And uh, one thing I'll be watching closely: both Miami starting corners went out in that game and did not return. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. And he he kind of gave like the they're fine word yesterday. And I don't I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. He's a pretty big dude. <laughs> so uh, if you get those starters back at receiver, yeah, yeah, Keon, may, maybe Johnny. Yeah, I think you should be. Well, we'll see how the how the week plays out. I would expect to have a much more healthier squad, both at wide receiver in general. I mean. Jerry and Jones didn't play last week. Um, you know, yeah. you'll have you'll have a little bit of a different looking rotation, certainly. I I would agree with that. Um, let me see other guys who deserve a shout out on defense. I got I got all these screens. Up. I got to pull my notes. <laughs> I'm gonna let you solo for thirty seconds. I'm gonna yeah. some something about my lights is driving my camera crazy. One second. Well, I think what we should do is do this legendary ad read. If you guys need a home loan. I've done it twice. More than 500 Nolcats listeners have done so as well. The legendary team, Chad and Shannon, can help you all out. 844-FSU-LOAN is the number to call. 844-FSU-LOAN. They will get it done for you. Why? Great rates, customer service, knowledge of the market, personal experience. I think you can't beat it. So they're really dependable. And you know who's becoming a little more dependable? Conrad Hussey. I think FSU hit on that one. That was that was impressive. Nice game. I know he had the one bust, but overall, you got to feel really good about where they're at. Uh, Cheyenne Brown, I thought, played pretty okay in the game. You know, you, you, you had a solid game overall. Pitt's not a good offense, but that's generally what you're what you're looking for. And I, yeah, I don't think that they're going to need to to pull. A whole lot of DBs out of the transfer portal this year, you know. I, I think it's. I saw, sorry, my text messages are going insane. Uh, oh, sorry, it's it's about something that somebody else said that is not. Uh, anyway, it, it's it's funny. Okay, just wanted to make sure it wasn't something we needed to uh, to have on the show. Um, while Graham fixes his lights there. I will uh, encourage everybody to check out Knowles 24-7 for that awesome visitor list that they dropped. Uh, obviously, um, you know, a couple of huge guys coming in. I uh, saw Kai Bates uh, from uh, from my neck of the woods. I texted with him earlier. Uh, LSU commit a corner guy I've always liked a lot. Plays uh, plays really good seven on. Um, a couple other interesting... The games got played. And the games will continue to be played. I, I, I will say that. And 
ultimately, wins and losses do not affect recruiting as much as some fans think they do. Kids generally don't flip based on the result of one game. Um, but I think the cumulative effect of wins and losses can impact the recruiting cycle, certainly. Uh, we saw that one year with Willie, actually, right? Um, they, they really had legitimate momentum over the summer, and then they had a poor season, and it, kind of, it was basically all downhill from there. Uh, we saw that with Mike in year two, actually, I think, somewhat. Mm, so Definitely. No, I think wins and losses tend to matter. Um, period of time where Florida State was the leader for Nicobe Dean, the defensive end that went to Oregon. Charles and, Cross, who's now like yeah. a stud for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. 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 Uh, so do we want to do a little check-in on it? I, I just did the legendary read. They do an awesome job, super dependable. Uh, what's also so, somewhat dependable is weird results for some of FSU's rivals. Uh, we should probably just check in to make – you want to do like, like a status check on everybody else in the state? Let's just make sure everything's going all right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a, a wellness check. Um, <laughs> did you order the black helmet from Florida yet? Because I, I think we probably – one of our listeners, his wife bought one, so I, I kind of want to borrow it. Uh, if you guys got one, a commemorative – now, granted, it was Military Appreciation Day, right? Yeah. So – so we can, that is actually you know, cool. we can order the helmet and still appreciate the service that's provided by uh, so many and uh, and still have fun with our friends in Gainesville. Certainly. So I was noticing something. So, um, you know, Powell Ryland, the defensive end for Virginia Tech who transferred uh, out of Florida. He's like top 10 in the country in, pre in pressure rate. I don't know if Florida could use some pass pressure, but they have recently in their last three games given up 39, 43, and 39. Uh, two losses and a win. Man, I I definitely don't think they're going to fire Napier, and I think he's going to get the full season next year too. But at some point, you do got to win some games, right? And heck, like they're they're not – it's not like you'll have a walkover in the swamp. They'll they'll play their, their Super Bowl game against you but they got a tough little close here i mean georgia Ar arkansas should have been the win like that was the one you kind of had to get mm -hmm. uh, georgia arkansas at lsu at missouri florida state now, they could beat lsu this weekend especially if daniels doesn't play he's he's played incredible this year and lsu secondary is just you know all four of the corners they took in the portal couldn't play on saturday i saw did you do a youtube short about that or yeah. i saw you mention that yeah. in some form of content yeah all week I was betting Alabama. Like, am I a crazy person? Like, like they're res very respected guys on the other side. I was like, this is – I don't get this, man. Like, in what world is LSU going to have all these true freshman corners ready to play mm -hmm. in Tuscaloosa at night with, with Saban having a bye week? To, to Come on. There's no way. Uh, so, yeah, they're – I really thought Florida would make a bowl this year, especially after they beat Tennessee. I mean, I know their their odds are they're kind of coin flippy now. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We we will. Uh, that would be a shame. That would be a that, shame. that would that would be because I mean the problem is their schedule next year, and we don't know how well they're well or or when they will or won't do. But have you looked at their twenty twenty four schedule? It's not top of mind. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a little refresher because even if you knew it, our audience might not, and that's bad podcasting uh, by <laughs> me. They play. Miami, UCF, Florida State, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, 
Now, they do get at Mississippi State, at Tennessee, and at Texas. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd, that's a tough uh it's a tough schedule in a year where you gotta have it. So yeah, I mean welcome to I, the new and improved expanded SEC. Um I could see anywhere from like three and nine to eight and four, depending on how some of these teams do and how the portal goes. Like you gotta be really wide error bars when you're talking about next year's result because you don't know what the portal is gonna look like. Yeah. What what did the SEC do as far as scheduling? Do you have one fixed opponent and then it's rotational, or did they go to pods? Or they did not go to pods. Uh, I believe they have protected opponents. Okay, who is Florida's protected opponent? That's just probably the question I should have asked. Is it Tennessee? I, be- I believe it is Georgia. Georgia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make sense. Good. As they that, should. Lucky. We, we need to, we need to lucky, preserve that rivalry lucky, at all costs. Lucky pull there. Yeah. No, that's that's that would be uh, sacrilegious to break up that rivalry. So, I've I've not to pat myself on the back, but I've said this for five years. Like, a fan base is going to have a real hard time. A fan base, you know, people my age and and older. Um, are used to kicking George's ass seven or eight tens at eight times out of 10. Um, and that's just not going to happen with, with Kirby. Um, that's, you're going to have to recalibrate expectations uh, and just get used to a different, different force being, uh, you know, located directly above you. So that's tough. Good luck with it, Florida. Good luck. Tallahassee is above uh, Gainesville. Florida's above Gainesville as well. Or uh, Tallahassee is above Gainesville as well. Yes. So yeah, not not a great uh, not not a great one there for them. Uh, Texas A&M lost at uh, at Ole Miss. Mm, yeah, kind of tough. Like Jimbo's offense actually looked good. They had four drives of seventy five plus in the second half, and uh, Max Johnson pretty- played his played his rear end off. Uh, tough kid, real tough kid. Um, Undisciplined personal fouls. Yeah, uh, tough. Day incredible nut shot, by the way. Like, did you see that? Very- that's, like that, that was real. Line it up that's and like go full for on it. WWF stuff. <laughs> that was amazing. Like, like I, I can't believe they didn't spin that guy. I granted, like I know what the dude did as far as you know. That was mm-hmm. that was pretty wild. Um, something I wanted to do is to go. We we got, we got a couple of Patreon questions about this. patreoncom slash nolcast. They're like, hey, you know, this other podcast, you know, blah blah blah. Like they. They basically said that Mike just uses like a black, like a generic blackjack card to make these fourth down decisions. I, I, I do want to discuss this just so we can, and maybe we'll clip this just to like put it on the channel separately so we can refer to it. Guys, what does Norvell make? Like six million? Significantly more, more than that. Yeah. Eight million, nine million. Yeah. If you think that they are making fourth down decisions, I mean, yeah, with I've, a generic, non-game specific blackjack card, I, this is a legitimate business. It's it's it makes eight and a half. Sorry, yeah, I, they have a team of analysts. Okay, they pay for a service. They're one of their top clients. They get a customized fourth down guide for every game. I know how this works because I've seen the books. I've got drinks with the guys that run the service. Like I, I, I know these dudes. Okay. What's the spread on the game? Now you might think, why does that matter? They're not playing to cover. Agreed. They're not, 
But the look, there's a pretty good indication of how the game will go. Millions of dollars are bet on both sides of each game. Like the line at kickoff is usually pretty efficient. Okay, it's a good indicator. The market is real. What's the spread? What's the total? Why well, do I need to know the total, the over-under? Because that's how many points are likely to be scored in a game. That's likely how many points you're going to need to score if you kind of chop it in two, right? How much time is left in the game? How do we feel about our offense on the day? Is it an optimistic? Slide it over. Pessimistic? Slide it back the other way. Kind of neutral feel about how we are, how we match up with them. What are our own internal projections say about what we are against this team? They're incorporating a lot of data into this stuff. I'm not going to call you an idiot like, if you think that they don't do this, but just there's facts and they're just not facts, okay? They absolutely use context-adjusted data when they make these decisions. Is the, the result of the decision always going to work? Do we always have to love what the play call was? No, we don't. However, if you think that they're just using – Oh, well, just because ESPN fourth down says this is a go or not a go. Guys, that, there's just no way. If, if Norvell did that, I would just sit here and call him an idiot. And you know what? He would deserve it. Right. Because you have to use context. Pre-game and in-game context. And they do. It's not always going to work out. It's probably stealing Michael Wynn every three years. Maybe every, every two and a half seasons. Th- making the correct decision much more often than not. Which, again... He's one of the best in the country at this. He's sort of way ahead of the curve. That that helps you, you know, over the long term. Each win is valuable to the program, to Mike, to the team. Okay, brings in more donations, helps with recruiting to win games, all, all that kind of stuff. It. I just wanted to because people are like, can you explain what? Like, yes, I can. I, I've seen the charts. I've seen the little guides. They can't use computers, otherwise they would. But on a very like, you know, basic level. Something that you like can calculate a lot of different things that they're using, like, like a context adjusted chart, is essentially a very dumbed down version of a computer. It is to factor it's in what the computer state. was originally based off of. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Like, that's not really a rant. I just, a couple of people sent me some other stuff. I was like, guys, come on. There ain't no way that, uh, um, that that is going to happen. Um, so it won't always work. There will almost certainly be a game in which people are like, oh, they went for fourth down and lost because of it. Yes. And that analysis will ignore all the times where they went for fourth down, got it, and won the game in in, in part because they, they flipped the winning percentage to them. So, yeah. Uh, they're sort of optimizing their decision-making process. They are. They it's got Matt everybody Lewis should do. standing right next to them. There. That's right. We don't have Connor Stallions. We have Matt Lewis uh, <laughs> optimizing <laughs> that of how you run an entity. So no, whether you whether you're like myself at the last couple of stops I've had professionally, or uh, I think up to twelve Nolcast listener supported businesses, Matt Lewis is absolutely the best. CongruityHR.com is the overall broader website. CongruityHR.com backslash Knowles is uh, the site that you would want to use. That's directly tied to uh, the the relationship that this podcast has fostered with Matt and Congruity over the years. Uh, great guy. Get nothing but great feedback from the people who partner uh, with Matt. And, and like I say, I've, uh, I have chosen uh, independently of any kind of podcast relationship or whatever else to work with Matt, I think, four different times over the last three years. And I would uh, I would recommend that you at least give consideration. Matt's a great dude. 
loves the Knowles and is a uh, damn skilled at uh, what he does professionally. So congruityhr.com. Big thanks to Matt Lewis. If you don't want to write that down, just go to the show notes because the link is now in the show notes. So just go ahead and give that a click and check out everything Congruity has to offer. Uh, one thing that Miami's offense did not have to offer was touchdowns this week. Mm. Uh, they they did they now like NC State's a legitimately a really good defense. They got two NFL corners on that team. Didn't allow a touchdown to Miami. Kind of kind of tough. Was, did, did you get eyes on this one? I enjoyed watching this one. Uh, in fact, it was part of the reason I decided to just walk back to the hotel because I wanted to watch the Miami game um, on Saturday night. And it was, uh, yeah, it was everything I could hope for. I kind of, I, I wished that Van Dyke wouldn't have thrown the interception at, you know, like the last play. I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, let them not score here because they need to lose by a decent amount. But let's just keep everything status quo. Uh, so look, we'll have a podcast on this in two days. I personally don't think it matters. I don't think it's rats, rats ass difference as to who the quarterback is for Miami on Saturday. I think both of them are going to have a, uh, I think both of them are going to have a challenging time come, come Saturday afternoon and, and evening. I, I realize it's not a night game. I know a lot of people love night games. Uh, sun goes down around five 30 at this point of the year. It'll be, you'll have a, a decent part of this. will will be a night game and, uh, I've been to, to many Florida State games and many in SEC 330 where the crowd was uh, lubricated and into it. I, just because it's not a night game doesn't mean that can't be uh, an awesome atmosphere. So that's my uh, my two-cent editorial there. I, I mean, look, this is sort of common sense, but I, I guarantee you FSU has been working really hard on this game and internally with the analysts and stuff. Since since Miami served notice that they do have some legit playmakers on the outside, and they they lit up a And M, you know, I, I bet you that got their attention pretty good. Now, mm-hmm. you know, how much of that work you did a month ago matters with how they looked. I don't know. Uh, they're still in theory dangerous. They did just beat Clemson, uh, but they also needed overtime to beat UVA, and they scored six points against NC State. It, it yeah, it, we'll talk more if the options are. I don't know. Like when they put Jacurry Brown in there, he, it looks like he's running essentially just like Wildcat Plus, mm-hmm. uh, or a freshman who you know played just down the road from me last year, but still a true freshman who was in high school in the Panhandle last year. Or, uh, I mean, their best option is probably that Van Dyke gets his act together somehow. Uh, but again, I don't know how that will uh, how that'll look. We will talk more about that on Thursday. Um, let me see elsewhere. Oh, Clemson got a dub. That, I, I do want to talk about playoff stuff real quick before we go. Clemson beating Notre Dame helps you. Did we do we predict that on the show, or were you and I just talking off air? I think both of us thought. Now, now we acknowledge that Clemson was a little banged up, but uh, I think we both acknowledged that we thought thought that kind of actually set up nicely for Clemson. I really thought Clemson was going to beat them until about Friday morning when somebody tipped me that Clemson was going to be down another receiver, two offensive linemen, and Shipley. And, and like, Shipley, yeah. Well, crap. Like, like how are they going to score? Uh, but the defense just dominated the Irish pretty much. Mm-hmm. It was um, – yeah, that like that's a, that makes your win over them better, right? And it also devalues Notre Dame's win over them a little bit. So that helps, right? Yeah, uh, in, in terms of your your playoff resume, again, 
you are absolutely correct that their chances of getting in with a loss at this point are not good because Texas did win because Washington did win. However, the chances they get in with a loss are not zero. And so you really do need to sort of win on the margins a little bit with this stuff. Uh, and that that's, that's kind of important. So I think I've got, uh, not that this is some like, Oh my God, this is going to blow your mind type stuff, but there's, there's three teams that I don't want Florida state to play at all. Michigan, Georgia, Alabama. Oh, if, if Bama beats Georgia, um, you might have just taken two or three of those out of the equation. Um, well, there's a situation which Bama beats Georgia and the SEC gets left out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. You, know, it, you might just have Michigan at that point, and, and obviously you got the Michigan. Well, Michigan's got to go to Penn State this week, and then they've got Ohio State. But um, Texas, a one-loss Texas is – like we need to stop playing football if a one-loss Texas – doesn't go over a one loss Alabama who incurred their one loss at home to Texas. Like Texas is, has got to go in over Alabama. I don't care what the SEC championship game was. Uh, so yeah, I mean, maybe you, maybe you cheer real hard for Bama and um, just one man's opinion. I'd God, I'd rather play Washington than, than Oregon as well. So uh, let, let Washington yeah. stay undefeated. Maybe something crazy happens with Michigan, and uh, you know, maybe you just maybe it was written in the stars, bud. But uh, yeah, no, give give me a world in which Georgia and Bama don't make their way to the college football playoffs, and this podcast will start having a lot more. Uh, you know what? What is the stars exactly are aligning, type right? you know, conversation? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I, I really did not see any serious conversation about. One loss SC champ Bama going over one loss Big 12 champ Texas, with the exception of people who are work for SC Network or on, are on like the payroll of an SEC, like in house media. Like everybody else, it's like this is not this is fantasy, just like Bama was last year with, with, with the you know, some of the like the state media was just embarrassing themselves, uh, arguing for them. Um, yeah, here's what people need to remember. The committee is still made up from people of a lot of different conferences. Okay. They, Bama needs to be like clearly better than Texas to jump them because they have the head to head loss. They're not. So they're going to go to the scorecard, which is conference championships. They would both have one, right? Other stuff, very similar. And then, okay, what about head to head? Oh, yeah, head to head, 10 points in Tuscaloosa. Mm -hmm. Good night. Mm -hmm. that, 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 to me, it's not a serious argument. I, I engaged it on Twitter and got some nice engagement from it. Got the engagement numbers way up because Elon's sending me a little check now. It's uh, it's solid. Um, oh yeah. Have, have, have you done it yet? No. Let's talk afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's no. it's a nice little like. I mean, it's just I don't know, like like a car payment. Um, not well, not with these interest rates today, but like <laughs> a, a, in my head, like an old school car payment. <laughs> oh okay. man. Um, yeah, dude. It's uh. Playoff odds updated just, just popped on DraftKings this morning. FSU minus 320. Georgia minus 240. Michigan minus 160. Ohio State plus 110. So there's a real big gap, right? It's FSU, Michigan, Georgia. And then everybody else is positive. Oh, no, actually, Oregon's minus 110. So mm. they really think Oregon's going to beat Washington now. Washington is, uh, is plus 145. So, 
we will see. I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I buy this Jalen Miller hype, honestly. I, 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 I'll just, I'll be candid with you guys. I really changed my number more on LSU than I did on, uh, yeah, on Bama. Yeah, I, I think I do. It's good. I mean, I, I'm starting to get blown away by what that kid might turn into. Um, oh, the, so. the speed is ridiculous. Oh, on the size. I mean, he's a fullback who looks like he runs a four-two, you know, four-four-two yeah. or something like that. Um, and he's got. I don't know what the term is exactly, just like the athletic wherewithal or whatever to go from 75 to 100 in a with just yeah. a, a snap. I mean, he's he, he can, he's got like the healthy jog and then he's got the I'm going to put my foot in the ground and explode. And that's a. Yeah. Yeah. And he can sling it 75 yards. Uh, so that's a it's going to take some time to polish that diamond. But uh Oh my God! The end product may be maybe very very scary. Oh. Did you see any bomber jackets up there in pit? Yeah, I saw one on the. I mean, I saw one like before I even got to pit. Uh, I saw three or four of them. Uh, but no, I was boarding the plane and uh, turned around. The guy sitting behind me. This is not. I'm not playing radio. The guy sitting behind me is wearing a home field bomber jacket. So homefieldapparel.com. Those things have been moving as evidence that uh, some of the some of the sizes have already been spoken for. Uh, I do think they're getting more of those in um, that you'll be able to order them and, and have them in time for Christmas, just based off some internal dialogue. Uh, but again, homefieldapparel.com, get your Christmas shopping or holiday shopping done early um, or be like me and wait till the last moment, whatever's best suits you. But I can promise you that if you choose from home field, you'll be given your family, loved ones, uh, and maybe just those you have a obli- uh, you know obli- obligatory uh, purchase or gift to someone. You know, maybe just give them a sweatshirt and say, uh, "Yeah, you know, I don't really love you, but uh, I do like this podcast." And here's a Florida State sweatshirt. Uh, we'll see each other next Thanksgiving. You got anything else for this week? Um, no, I think that's about it, really. Uh, I can't think of anything else. Headed down to Tallahassee tomorrow. Busy, busy week, as you can imagine. I'm, I'm not. I don't really think getting on a podcast and telling people how busy you are is great content. But I probably have about the busiest week of my life. So uh, excited about that. Excited about what Saturday looks like. And um, yeah, long let this ride continue, man. This is a, a hell of a season. Whole lot of fun to be able to. You've already stamped your your ticket to Charlotte. Not that you know you really thought that was. Uh, in question after about week four or five, but uh, yeah, you're going to be in Charlotte. You're, we're going to be sitting here debating it appears every Tuesday night as to, you know, whether or not you should have been ranked fourth or third or second or whatever. Um, And this is it. This is what people wanted to climb back to. Congratulations to Mike and the staff and everybody involved for doing it. So do you think Alford watches WWE? Um. Probably not, right? I could ask him. Not that he and I are, you know, like best of friends or whatever, but I could see where Alford, I could see the appeal. I mean, Alford enjoys the business of sport as much as anyone out there. So, uh, you know, the, the, the entertainment quality, I could see where, uh, I could see where that could appeal to Alford. I'm just kind of thinking, man, like, like if, would it be totally out of line for him to just do like the total crotch shot uh, to, to the ACC when, when, every week when these ratings come out? You know, like if you didn't well, have if, if you didn't have Florida State in this league this year, holy uh, next cow. next spring uh, there might be some crotch shot. There, I don't know what there will be, but there will be. Uh, we are this, you know, we are the draw. Look at these numbers. 
and uh, tell me why you as teams 9 through 14 should be getting paid anywhere, or hell, teams 4 through 14 should be getting paid anywhere near what we are. I, I Florida State might rent, you know, one of those old-time planes with, like, messages in the sky for, over the ACC's spring meetings and stuff. Just, uh, they'll, I imagine they'll be aggressive with it. I'm, you know, we'll see. Maybe not. Maybe you don't even need to say anything at that point. Maybe you just... Maybe you just play the the like, oh, no, I don't have anything to contribute here. We're just the, you know, the team that is like 82 percent responsible for the entire ratings of the conference. And the only reason why this conference is relevant. But um, now you guys can talk amongst yourselves. I uh, you have an interesting idea here. So you got to take care of business this weekend against Miami. They're not like you're not unbeatable. Obviously, we'll talk more about that on Thursday. You're you're a 14-point favorite, not a 25-point favorite. So, you know, like it will still be a fight. I don't think you're just going to smoke them in the first half. You may not smoke them at all. But if you do, I I believe that'll be a a noon game for the Hurricanes there, uh, hosting Louisville. That'll draw big. Probably 1,200 people would be my guess. Probably a really good beach uh, (laughs) – Yeah, really good beach day, maybe, I would think. Um, We'll see. Maybe they'll put it on the night. And then uh, how how inspired do you think everybody's going to be to go – to go tackle to Thomas Castellano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, a nice end-of-the-year trip to Boston. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Those guys uh, – I always get a kick. And Florida State does this to an extent. But Miami has always been the team that – has cracked me up, you know, it'll be 62 degrees at a game in Virginia Tech and everybody will have, you know, long sleeves and heaters on and stuff like that. I I can't wait to see what the look is for uh, for Boston College when a Miami team that just doesn't give a damn travels up to BC for a BC team. that What's the record now? Five wins? Uh, I believe that they are bowl eligible now. They're already bowl eligible. Okay, so BC's yeah. just, you know. What? What a horrific for that. performance by by Florida State to to win a close conference game with the flu against a a, a team that's bowl eligible by Halloween. Yeah, yeah, maybe like, maybe they'll be going for eight wins. Congratulations to that staff because I didn't. There were times this year where I didn't. Yeah, I wouldn't oh, opening basically when you open the year and with the loss they took, that I thought that might have been it. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that'll be a fun one. I look forward. I will, uh, you know, for all the all the talk on the internet about the similarity of uniforms and everything else. That'll be one that I'm all about being a, a Boston college fan. But uh, in the meantime, we have Saturday. I don't have time for this, but uh, if our audience wants to bookmark or like probably screenshot to avoid deletion, all of the, uh, the Boston college related tweets from Miami fans mm-hmm. uh, for FSU's game, just, I don't know. I, I, there is some chance that, that like that, those might go extinct. So you may, you may want to just, Please preserve them for the record. Uh, for history, yes. Yes. Yeah. Cinematic recap commissioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That team wouldn't quit on, on, on Mario, would they? No, no. Definitely didn't last that. year. Not going to see that. That was Lane's oh, best jab uh, of the week. I think I referenced this earlier, but the uh, he hit a, this was a pregame jab to Jimbo. But the, the question the reporter asks is like, do you think, you know, you think they'll rally around Jimbo with the idea that the coach might be on the hot seat or whatever? And Lane just being like, well, I'm pretty sure they entered the seat. I'm pretty sure they entered the year with him on the seat. It doesn't seem to have helped him so far. So, no, I don't think so. I mean, that is, damn, man. That is Lane. 
I think Lane's the best of all time. I know people will point at Spurrier for throwing jabs, but I mean, what? You really going to compare, you know, Free Shoes University or you can't spell citrus. You can't spell the Citrus Bowl without UT. That is a great one, uh, particularly when when Tennessee was at their peak and just could, couldn't beat Florida. But uh, Lane is perhaps Lane is standing on the shoulders of Steve Spurrier to uh, to take the standing on the shoulders of Giants uh, reference there, and he is he has pro- progressed the coach troll game in a manner that uh, is legitimately very impressive. I thought Mike yesterday. Mm. Go watch that and let me know. I don't want, I don't want to pre-bias you. Just go watch it. And let me know if you think that he was that he feels good and was ribbing him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the Van Dyke comment, especially. Uh, I will I haven't heard that part of it. So oh, I will listen. Norvell's uh, like well, he's, been a, he, he's been a first round draft prospect for two years now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I'll go listen to that. There's That's some funny. other stuff too. Just it. All right. Uh, oh, this was fun. Yeah, the the classic Spurrier when the Tennessee Library burned down. It, it's a shame they lost all those coloring books. Well, <laughs> all right, you're right. Spurrier was Spurrier was a, a an OG as well. So yeah, uh, Lane. Yeah, Lane's taking the mantle. Perhaps uh, he also had some like really good ones about about Bobby's recruiting. You mm-hmm. know what? Well, he he did, but it was like about like oh, I don't know how they keep getting all those all Americans or whatever. But that that was almost more, yeah, a compliment. Yeah. I mean, I know what the I know what the reference was, but um, yeah, yeah. But he also so, got outworked. Like Bowden staff yeah. worked really hard in recruiting. Well, that's was, maybe maybe there's a similarity between the two guys that we're talking about. Actually, uh, mm-hmm. Lane is hilarious, but is not necessarily known as the no you know, right student recruiter. <laughs> yes, yes, that, that is that is right. Oh man! Yeah. All right, I got to jump. Got real work stuff to do. As as do you. Uh, we'll call you after. Yep. If you're here 58 minutes into it and you're not a Battles In member, ask yourself why. Uh, this weekend might be a great time for you to join. We'll talk to you soon. See you, bye.